I couldn't bear the thought of somebody else getting the opportunity over me, of somebody taking my position. Mm. And that dri and that drives me eight weeks before preseason to be doing suicides on my own after training to build that fitness up, to build that confidence in myself, to be like, no, when I come in, this is my spot and I'm taking it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Get It podcast. It's another lovely Monday to be alive, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this. We appreciate you being here. We know there's a lot of shows that you could be listening, but the fact that you're here to chase some fucking dreams, to go get it with us, we appreciate that. That's the big dog, Hunter Gorski over in Florida with the bark there. Hunt, thanks so much for being here, man. What's up, big dog? Nothing too much, man. Nothing too much. Looking forward to today's episode because, folks, on this week, on this week's episode of the podcast, Hunter's sharing a story and an essay that he read, little concepts from both. Guy's been doing his research. Both of these <laughs> touch, <laughs> both of these touch on the idea of complacency. And we're going to dig into complacency, what that means, how to overcome it, and how we can, yeah, just elude its dangers as we try to be the best we can be. So I'm going to hand it off to Hunter Gorski. Hunter, share what's in your heart. Right on, brother. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I recently I, I had recently saw a uh, an interview with Sylvester Stallone and actually Howard Stern, and um, your whole family, you guys, you're the Gorski family loves the Howard Stern show. Big I Howard Stern it. fans. Big yeah, Mama, yeah. Mama Gorski is a huge Howard Stern fan. Pretty yeah. sure, like any time I take her car to go anywhere, it's on Howard Stern preset, ready yep. to go. Um, Anyway, so so Howard's interviewing Sylvester Stallone and asking him, like they're recalling, Sylvester's recalling like the early days with Rocky. And something I actually didn't know is that Sylvester wrote um, Rocky. And mm. the story goes, this is super early on in his career, he wrote Rocky, he wanted to... Um, he, wanted, he wanted to be the actor, he wanted to be Rocky. And um, the production studio, I guess didn't want him for the role and they offered him like $365,000 and he ends up like, he ends up turning it down and, and they put like these ridiculous constraints on him if he was going to be the actor in it. They were like, you have to finish everything in 90 days, basically. Like if you want to act, you have to, you have to get everything done in 90 days. And he's telling Howard yeah. the story and he ends up finishing the movie in 28 days, which is like unheard of. And he starts telling Howard, I'm going to recall some quotes from this. He, he tells him, I shot the whole, the whole first Rocky in 28 days. And he's kind of saying to Howard, like, why, why can't I do that every time? You know, <laughs> like it takes like, you know, for him, it takes such so long to do movies now, I guess, or much longer than 28 days. And Howard mm -hmm. jumps in and he says, oh, it's because it's because it becomes too important. Like you're afraid of the failure. And that really resonates with Sylvester and he starts kind of reminiscing and he, and he, and he says how, you know, when you're in, the, when you're, when you're changing in the back of a pickup truck, there's just a certain kind of energy and you're not getting caught up in, is this the right angle? Is my makeup on right? And things happen that are just so visceral, he explains, but 
you're right. He says to Howard, you're right. Like as you become more pampered, more spoiled, more reserved, we take longer to get into the set. You do this and that and you know what, and he just says, honestly, you know, you just lose your edge. Hmm. And he's like, he's like for, I think that most actors, their best work is in the first five years when their career is getting going because, because of that, because they're not taking any shortcuts because they, they're, they're, they're hustling. They're not complacent. They're, they're paying attention to each and every detail. Um, and this kind of struck me and just got thinking on this topic more. And so I was doing a little bit more research into this um, and into the notion of complacency because it's something that we hear as athletes all the time, right? Um, yeah. Again, athletics and, and competition, uh, I think, allows, allows you know, a lot of what life's about to happen in kind of micro moments. and, and uh, Yeah, a, control, a controlled environment. Correct. Yeah. And so we hear that all the time as athletes, but it, it I started looking into, into it a bit more. And so I, I looked up the actual definition for complacency and, and, and that, and, and what I dug up from there was, um, definition of complacency, a feeling of quiet pleasure or security often while unaware of some potential danger, defect or the like. And then another definition that hit me even a little bit more was marked by self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And the deficiencies part is one that I really connect with. And I was reading, you mentioned an essay earlier on, I was reading an essay by uh, a woman named Soleil Vivero. And she wrote an article called Who Killed Success? Complacency. And she talks about in the article the potential detriments of complacency and then how we get complacent and ultimately why we allow ourselves to stay complacent. And her article just really connected with me. And I want to pick out a couple pieces of that. And then following that, I want to get into some personal examples for you and I on potentially when we've become complacent and how we avoid becoming complacent that hopefully the listeners and the viewers can take something out of, you know, and, and relate to in their lives. And then, of course, we could leave off with an action item here. So um, obviously, you know, she goes on to describe some of the, the potential detriments of becoming complacent, which I think these are, you know. These aren't novel or new to anybody, but I'll, I'll list off a few of them. She talks about in your personal life, you just stop growing as a person, your good habits deteriorate, you don't set goals anymore, you settle for less optimal, less than optimal, sorry. In your career, you, you might stop getting promoted, your ideas might be trash, your business starts failing, <laughs> and then in relationships, you get into disagreements over the same topics or you're not meeting anyone new, so on and so forth. And so I think there's probably ton more of, you know, negative impacts of becoming complacent potentially. But what's more interesting to me is, is, is the part where she talks about how we get complacent and in her estimation, how we get complacent is essentially staving off self-reflection. So she describes how, but before complacency can make you its host, you first need to adopt one inimical, inimical habit, staving off on self-reflection. And she go ahead. She describes how since complacency requires you to have an uncritical satisfaction with your achievements, the first step towards this state would be to stop reflecting on your experiences. Um, and then from there, the next step of that is like, okay, how we become self, how we become complacent is we don't take the time to self-reflect and and be honest and thorough with ourselves, right? 
And then the, the, the deeper question to that is, okay, well, why do we allow ourselves to get to this state of complacency? And she describes two reasons why we would do that. One of them being a bias towards instant gratification. And this gets into something even deeper for me, right? Which is like, you know, the psychology of why we're not doing the self-reflection. Um, and she goes ahead and she, she describes again, one can suck at self-reflection and still be ambitious. Complacency is a state of ignorance towards laziness or fear to validate the fact that you are not maximizing your potential. And then the other reason she gives is the fear of change. And she says how the fear of risking what you have for something that could provide you with more happiness can also prompt you to tap into that ignorance and become more complacent. You're going to sit into not wanting to risk things. And so you self-perpetuate that everything is sufficient, everything is okay, so that you don't have to change. Or you feed into the notion that everything is okay or everything is sufficient and you're doing great because you want the immediate gratification of something that you're getting um, mm. in that precise moment. So mm. what, what I want to ask you right now and where I want to take this conversation is can you recall any moments in your life where you've allowed yourself to become complacent? Like for either of those, for either of those, um, you know, for either of the whys that I just listed there, do either of those resonate with you and in what aspect of life? I have a couple examples that immediately spring to mind. And as you were just going through the definition of complacency, the causes of complacency, one thing that is interesting for me is that I do consider myself quite an introspective person. I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, am I being fulfilled? Why am I not being fulfilled? What must change for myself to be fulfilled? Mm -hmm. It's so much the driving engine of this podcast, <laughs> you know, so I, I was literally part of starting a show where I get to do this all the time. It's something yeah. that I love. So it's an, in, it's very interesting to see that baked in to the definition. So the two examples that come to mind for me, both of them, I had an awareness of the fact that there was something limiting me from reaching my potential. The first example, which I think, by the it, way, which I think most people do. Mm -hmm. I think most people in their heart of hearts, they know that there's, right. you know, there's something more for them. That's right. That's right. And I had that too. And the first example that comes to mind is I worked two years at a job at like an enterprise software company called SAP. This was right out of college after I did an internship working at the LA Times. I was trying to figure out if journalism was the right path for me or if there was something else I wanted to do. And I took this job at a tech company and I was working as, I would say like a creative facilitator. I was teaching a lot. I was working with people who were programming designers, teaching them something called design thinking. And I would say that I knew from week three on that job that this was not the right place for me mm. and that I was meant to go do storytelling. Like that's what I was meant to pursue. But I ended up spending two years there and it's a period of time that I've thought a lot about and 
I would show up to work, you know, at like 10 a.m., leave, you know, have like an hour lunch, like leave at like 2.33. And if you were to look at my complacency when it came to like actually doing the job I was hired to do, there was a lot of complacency there. Mm. And I think there was complacency, and this gets to the second cause of complacency, which you listed off as fear of change, a complacency to actually leave the job. And the fear of change for me was like, whoa, like I'm suddenly not in school anymore and I have to like pay rent on my own and I have to figure out like how to be an adult. It's kind of nice to have a consistent paycheck coming in. I don't know what it's going to be like if I just launch off and become a freelance video journalist or documentary filmmaker. It was scary. And so there that fear of change, even though I was aware that I wasn't being fulfilled by something that acted as the core of my days, I believe was due to that fear of change. And the thing that eventually led me to overcome that complacency was the pain associated with doing something that was not fulfilling finally overcame the fear of change. Wow. And I started applying to a bunch of different journalism grants and opportunities, eventually got this grant from National Geographic to go do a documentary project in Zambia. And, and was there, was, just to interject you for one yeah. minute, was, that, was there a moment in which you remember being like, enough is enough? Or was this just like, you were realizing that every day you were going to work and you were just like not excited to be there. You knew it wasn't for you. Like, was it just, it, it was just a, like a steady buildup over time it was, that just hit a point it was a, or was it like yeah. a realization in a moment after actually taking the time to think about things? Well, I went on this fellowship with Nicholas Kristoff of the New York times, literally the week two on the job at SAP I went and traveled to India and Nepal, had this life-changing experience. So that was a moment where I knew like I'm in the wrong place. But then it was this gradual buildup where I was waiting for opportunities to come to me instead of creating it on my own. And then at about like the year mark at SAP, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to start creating opportunities on my own. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to start applying to everywhere. And that's when it really started to kick into gear. Nice. the other thing that, that comes to mind and I'll touch on briefly is a moment when I was on the Stanford soccer team, I didn't start or get much playing time for the first few years on the team. And then when I was a senior, suddenly after three years of like clawing my way for a starting spot, finally, when I was a senior, I got my starting spot. And I remember feeling the sense of complacency immediately once I finally reached that goal of getting on the starting lineup because suddenly I had no one to claw at. Like I had no one to compete for that starting spot with. And I felt like a a letdown there. And that was a moment where I felt some, some complacency as well. You went from the chaser to the chasee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that I, I that definitely resonates with me. The, um, you know, it, in, in soccer, there's definitely times where I've, um, where I've become complacent a bit, and there it it could go from anywhere from like the what you're speaking about there, like, which is more of a, a longer term thing to actually just like moments in the game with within one game, you know, like, mm-hmm. 
just little details that you start to be like, eh, don't need to do that. I'll get away with it. Um, yeah. And that starts to really creep up and affect your performance. And right. I think as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about this, something that's helped me avoid the complacency over the years, particularly when it comes into the realm of sport, into the realm of soccer, mm-hmm. is, is almost like paranoia. Or just like not wanting to lose. So I, I guess I'll use an example. When I was with the Tampa Bay Rowdies, came off like a came off a really good season. Was gonna I I had already re-signed for the following year, so it was one of the few off seasons where I like knew where I was going to be going for the following mm-hmm. year, which was new to me, right? Because most of my off seasons, I was out of contract and therefore need to stay fit, need to stay hungry, need to stay ready. But in this yeah. particular situation, it was like, oh, I know where I'm going. They know me. I know my standing in the team. Uh, I know what role I'm going to play. I know I'm respected there. All of that stuff, you know, and it was like you could just come in two weeks before preseason, start getting ready. I mean, I play with a lot of guys through my career where their view of it is like preseason is when I start getting ready for the season. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's never been my view. Right. Because my view is always like, no, like eight weeks before preseason is when I start getting ready. And then preseason is when I'm hitting the ground running. And that's like pre- day one of preseason is the first day that I'm earning my spot on the team. And I'm solidifying what I'm going to contribute and why I deserve the opportunity more than somebody else. Yeah. Um, and that was one of those years, the ret- you know, that I could have probably taken a shortcut there and only did, you know, two, three, four weeks of, of prep on my own. And the reason why I didn't, when I think about it, is just like, I couldn't bear the thought of somebody else getting the opportunity over me of somebody Mm. taking my position. Mm. And that drive and that drives me or that drove me eight weeks before preseason to be doing suicides on my own after training to build that fitness up, to build that confidence in myself, to be like, no, when I come in, this is my spot and I'm taking mm. it. And, and I think about it outside of just the soccer realm as well. Oftentimes I'm battling the complacency because I don't want to lose something like, you know, for, for partners board game, the game I'm distributing, I don't want to lose the opportunity to distribute this game and to make it a household brand and to, and, and to, you know, and to win. I don't want anybody else to get that opportunity or any other board game to get that opportunity for technique. Mm. Same thing. I don't want any other company, you know, fulfilling this need and in, in youth soccer better than we can. And so I will sleepless nights driving forward because I don't want to lose. Um, so maybe if maybe something someone could pull out of that is like, yeah, like let yourself sit in the pain of what it would feel like to, to lose the opportunity to somebody else who is willing to be, you know, to be more organized, to have better discipline and, and, and such. Well, so let me jump on that because I think, I think, right. That's what gets you ticking and you know that. You know that, and you said it on this podcast before, that the fear of losing or how much you hate to lose way outweighs how much you want to win. And so to avoid complacency, you can actually play a mind game with yourself. Correct. When you feel complacency start to set in, 
you can then go into that place of your head of visualizing some other player out there starting training eight weeks early and putting in more work than you. And you can freak yourself out to kick yourself into gear. Now, I would urge people who are listening, you got to find what makes you tick. For example, when I was reflecting on, on me, how do I prevent myself from getting complacent? I do something similar. Huh? I play a mind game with myself. And to me, the mind game that gets me like going and feeling like, oh, it's on, baby, is when I feel like people are doubting me. And I get that chip on my shoulder. I've said it before on the show. It's my favorite type of chip is the one on my shoulder, you know? (laughs) And so I'll go through in my head remembering the people who doubted me. I'll pull up in my email people who have rejected my story pitches. I have like saved in a folder God, on my now desktop. Now that you're saying that, this is so true, dude. Because I hear yeah. like anytime it pops up and you go off, I'm like, God, this guy just went off right now. And like I'm That's for the right. first time feeling that even more so now that you're saying it. Oh, yeah. I'll look at the letters of like National Geographic the first time they rejected me for the grant. Like I got that saved like on my computer. And so when I feel the complacency start to kick in, I've done the introspective and self-aware work to know that what's going to really kick me into gear is if I feel like people don't respect me, if I feel like people are doubting me. So even if they aren't doubting me, I'm going to (laughs) make that story a part of my head to gain leverage on myself to actually prevent complacency. God, that is such gold right there. Such gold. And I'm glad that you put your finger on that and identified that um, for people to grab onto, which is like find that thing that you know reliably if you deal with it and if you face it, it's going to get you fired up and get you moving again for any time that you're being complacent. Um, I think that's great. Such good stuff, man. Um, I do want to leave everybody here with an action item And, um, as much as we just gave you like what could be an awesome thing to do, uh, you know, when you, when you are feeling you're being complacent, I want the action item to be around helping people identify if they are being complacent. So Mm. the how part of that, which was, um, to self-reflect, I think this is super important for you. Like you said, you're really good at this. You're doing this constantly, which I think is a huge advantage. Um, this is something that. I feel like I I could definitely improve at and do even more of and journaling like helps me to do that. Uh, But the action item for everybody is whenever you're listening to this to this episode, whatever day it is for you at the end of the day today. And I'm actually going to I'm going to base the action item off of um, off of Soleil's essay that I that I drew from earlier. And so her action item is reflect on what you did that day and whether you are content with the way your life is playing out. Ask yourself what you can improve on and how you can keep aiming high to avoid falling back on complacency. And then after you do that, do exactly what Jacob said. Do the thing that you know is really going to get you jacked up and fired up. Take a look at that. Visualize it. Trick your mind into getting yourself fired up and into action. 
Yeah, and for me, it's like if you don't know what that thing is for you yet, if you don't know like how to create that chip on your shoulder like I do, like think back to times when you were just really fired up and like you were feeling that just unstoppable superhero energy. And then you have to just like diagnose, okay, what created that? And then just like try some things, see what actually gets you moving. And then you can put it into action. And that's what we're all about here, baby. We're all about action. So remember this week, go get it. Go get it, folks.